Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Hey, thanks for listening, my friends, and thanks for supporting the Kid Ministry Collective. Uh, We appreciate every one of you that take time to listen to the podcast and and be a part of our Facebook community. And so if you're not part of that, hey, we'd love to have you join. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered if our kids' ministry should look and feel more like Disney or should we have more of a Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers kind of strategy and look? Um, that's going to be our topic of discussion today. And I think this is going to be a really fun episode um, to talk about. But before we dive in, um, I want to say thank you to the Sunday School Store. Um, I want you to all do something for me. Go check out the Sunday School Store. We're going to put a link in our show notes, and I would encourage you to go check them out. They have been a gracious sponsor of the, the KMC podcast, and they've also made a special offer for you to be available. And that is using the code KMC25. You get 25% off any purchase while you're there. And I would love to see our listeners and fans support them and encourage them because they have supported our podcast. So thank you, Sunday School Store, for your support and go check them out. They got a lot of great resources available and a lot of free stuff, but I'm sure you'll take advantage of some of their offers and specials that they have going. But again, use that code KMC25. So thanks again, Sunday School Store, for that. Like I said, this episode is going to be a lot of fun because I'm a fan of Mr. Rogers. I'm a fan of Disney. And I loved this blog post that I saw that my good friend Sam Luce wrote. Um, it's got some, it started a great discussion in the Facebook group. And maybe some of you saw that. And if you haven't, go check it out in, in our, our, our Facebook group. But Sam, welcome to the Kid Ministry Collective podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. Hey, so you wrote this blog post, but before you do, I'd love for you to introduce yourself because some people may not be familiar with with uh, who you are and what you do. Um, and uh, so I'm sure more people are going to check out your blog when they're done. We'll put a link of that in the show notes, but tell us a little bit about who Sam Luce is. Yeah, no problem. Um, my name's Sam. I'm, uh, I live in upstate New York, uh, where it's cold and snowy and uh I've been here for at this church, uh, Redeemer Church, in the unfamous Redeemer Church. Um, I've been here for 23 years. I was a kids. I've been different roles, uh, mostly kids pastor, but I've been a campus pastor for a while. And presently, for the last like probably about 10 years, I've been the pastor of families. So I oversee kids and families at all of our locations. And so we have our multi-site church. We have five locations um, that we have uh, in upstate, all around each other. So. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I blog on my spare time. I blog at samloose.com. Super creative. <laughs> it's the name <laughs> of my blog. And, uh, yeah, so that I do that and, um, picked up, started golfing during COVID. So, um, all right, that's, that's pretty much what's going on. That's what's new. I'm, I'm just finishing. I'm also finishing my, my seminary degree. So I'm, I'll be done. I have two classes left. So Woo-hoo, in the home stretch and doing all that. Yes. Well, hey, we're going to have to go play some golf sometime in the future. That, that'll be um, fun. <laughs> I'll come up that way. I haven't been up your, up your way before. So, 
have to come do that sometime. So, all right. So you, you wrote this blog post, why our kids ministries should be more like Mr. Rogers and less like Disney. And it, it stirred up a lot of discussion, which was great. Um, because I think this is kind of, I like these discussions better than, Hey, what bag should I carry? Or what, even what curriculum should I use? These are way more fun topics to be thinking about. Because I do think this is a great season to be looking at our strategies and what we're doing. And sure. um, I love to start our podcast off with a why type question. So I'm curious, why did you feel so compelled to write a post like this? Uh, I think for a lot of reasons. I think um, so having gone to pretty much every conference, Kids Ministry Conference there is and spoken at many of them as well. Um, one of the things I find is that... Um, we tend to uh, idealize Disney uh, and we tend to live in Mr. Rogers neighborhood, right? So we go mm -hmm. to these conferences and we see, we see, we go on uh, space mountain, you know, we, we, we see everybody's video clips of their, you know, we, we walk around all the booths and we see the people that do all the theming and, and we think that the answer to the problems that we experience in our ministries and in our lives is by more of those things. Uh, if mm -hmm. I have the right environment, if I have the right check-in, if I have the right curriculum, um, if I had all these things, then my situation would be different. Uh, but then you go back to the neighborhood where you live and your walls are, are need paint and uh, your puppets are a little bit worn and the, the person doing your Bible story is, is a 70 year old missionary. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't have the same energy and pizzazz that you saw at the conference. Cause you saw everybody's best. And, uh, and it's, and to be honest, if, if you've been to those churches, like, which I have been in, and they're not that way every Sunday either, you know? And so I think what we do is we, we have this idealized idea of what ministry should be. We have this over, and because of the CEOification of the church over the last 10 to 20 years, we have this idea of excellence at all costs. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that excellence is the goal of the church. I don't believe it should be the goal of the church. And, and I did a blog post about that a while back and it got a lot of people angry, but the reality is, is our job is not to be excellent. It's to point people to Christ in no matter what means we are. So, I mean, if you're in the middle of, if you're in the middle of, uh, you know, the mission field, you have no, you're, you're running everything on a generator. You're not going to be able to have like a led wall, right? That's less excellence, you know, but that's, that's not the, the, the point when we get down to it, right. Is to take the gospel and present it in a clear manner with whatever resources you have. And I don't think we talk about that clearly enough. And so what happens is, yeah churches, particularly small churches, medium-sized churches go to conferences and, and oftentimes they come back more discouraged than they, than they are encouraged because they realize I don't have the things that I need rather than what is the message that matters most? What is the message of the gospel? Mm -hmm. How do I articulate that in whatever context I'm in, in a way that yes. glorifies God in a way that honors him? And how do, what resources do I have available to make that message more compelling? And mm -hmm. how do I, how do I connect uh, in an imaginative way with my, uh, with the kids that God has entrusted in my care. And really th that's what matters. You know, we ask ourselves the wrong questions. And so that's, that's why I wrote this is because I think in kids ministry, we have this, and I didn't even think, and I feel bad. Like I, I know Justin Smith jumped in and like, I feel bad. I, I, 
I wasn't even thinking about his book. I knew he wrote that book a while ago, but it yeah. totally was not on my mind. And sometimes when you blog, people take things personally. I, I love Justin. I love yeah. uh, those guys. And I, I, there's no, it wasn't a shot at them at all. It's what it is, is it's, it's a, it's a question for us. Like, uh, are, are, are we obsessed with methods or have we, are we obsessed with our mission and our message? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can become more obsessed with methods. And that's, to me, that's what, that's what, um, that's what Disney represents is they represent uh, this, this, this almost uh, clinically insane uh, obsession with excellence that produces an environment that you go to that is really excellent. And it's amazing. And it's, but it's not real. And this is what I tell my wife. I, I went there with my wife. I lived in Florida for six years when I was a kid. And I said, Disney is not what Florida is like. Florida is, is a big sandbar full of, full of cockroaches and, and ants. And that is not what it's, it's a big it swamp. Like all of Disney. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big swamp with really great beaches, you know? Yeah. And so I think we, we have to do better. That's so that's why I wrote it is because I think mm-hmm. we have to figure out, we have to ask ourselves better questions and we have to, that's or else we're going to keep trying to improve our environment and at the expense of our message. Mm. That's, that's a great point right there is at what expense and and what priority because you're right i mean disney walt especially wanted he wanted a fantasy land he he you know he in fact he he that's why he you don't see motorized vehicles you don't see cars or anything inside the walls of because he he wanted this to be a place where you're transported into another world mm-hmm. um and you see that dramatically all over the place um with the environments and their intentionality to, to the environment that they create. Like, you know, I mean, the, all the whole new galaxy's edge when you're in Hollywood studios. And I don't think most people even notice this place um, where there's a transition between the studio (laughs) modern world reality to this fantasy world of galaxy's edge. And literally as you're walking through the tunnel, there is a, there's a a place in in that tunnel that if you stop and you look, everything changes. The lighting changes, the floor changes, texture, shape. It's a jagged line that goes through. It's not a straight, hard line, but there's a definite break from the studio to, to the galaxy's edge portion. And, and, you know, they were so, I mean, that's the attention to detail that, that Disney goes to, that that it's almost over the top when they think about it but when you look at it you're like wow <laughs> you know it, it, most people walk right through and they, know, they don't even stop and notice the difference of all those things but totally. i'm and one of those I'm people not, that and, see that and Tom, i want to be make sure you know too i am not anti-disney uh, yep. i've go, gone to disney and i'm not even anti-theming your church i mean our, our church is themed we had a company come in and professionally theme our whole thing so i'm not against those things yes i'm just saying those things are not important Yes. You know what I'm saying? They're not. Yep. And so when we look at it, right? So, and if, if we say they are, then what happens is that there's a large group of churches that they'll never have that because mm-hmm. they have, they have a, a 50 people coming, you know what I'm saying? And so how do we reach those, those 10 kids that are coming to a church of 50? Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, you're, they're never going to get a tilt-a-whirl ride <laughs> in the basement of the church. You know what I'm saying? They're going to, yeah. but they can have is a clear articulation of the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way that is transformative for them in such a way that it, it makes Jesus beautiful. 
Mm. You know, and that is, I think, what we don't think about enough is, is how can That's I true. today, how can I this week make Jesus beautiful to my kids instead of instead of trying to figure out how do I make my environment more beautiful? Oh, and, and I'm glad you're talking like this, because this is something that I I am hoping that especially in the kid ministry collective community, I really have been challenging in 2020 and I will do it again in 2021 because the Lord hasn't told me to stop doing it. And that's, let's get back to the basics and let's start thinking about this because I think we spend more time worried about our, our environments than we do about how to make resilient disciples. Mm -hmm. And, and I like how you stated in the, in, in your post, you know, you said the older I get the, and the longer I do kids ministry, the more I realize that Walt's idea of child formation was wrong and Mr. Rogers was right. So I'm going to ask you another why question then is why do you think that's true? Because I kind of think you were starting to go there um, with this idea. And, and I think it, I, I, I well, think I agree with where yeah. you're going. Well, it's again, like is escape uh, bad? No, it isn't like what Walt was trying to do. Like what this is, and this is the thing that we, I think that we fail to realize is that, that Walt was trying to create an environment where people could go to, like you're saying, like a beautiful, like if you read all the, the things that are out there. He went to all these rundown parks and it wasn't anything yep. great. He, he wanted to build a park that was beautiful. There was never paint chip. There was never anything wrong. It was like this escape from the world, which, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's what entertainment is for. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but the, the difference uh, is, is Fred Rogers, right. Is he was concerned with who kids are becoming, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's this whole in philosophy, there's this whole idea of being and becoming right. There is this, this thing of like, are we be who we are and who we are becoming is, is of great importance. And that's what, that's what the Bible talks about all the time. Paul talks about it, how we are, how we are in Christ and how we are founded in Christ and, and our, how we are formed into Christ and how we become one in Christ. And, you know, he says in Christ so many times Yes, he's concerned. Paul was concerned with the churches that he started with who they were becoming. And the, the problem is, is that if we are going to be a church that is, that makes an impact in our communities, a church that makes an impact in the next generation, we cannot entertain kids. We have got to be more concerned with who they're becoming mm-hmm. and do that in an entertaining way. Right. Yes. But when yes. we focus on Disney in such a, in such a, in such an exclusive way, like I think kids ministry people, I think it's, I'm not thinking of anybody in particular, but yeah, I think as many people in general, I think really like Disney because they they're so great at, at, at keying into how kids, uh, what kids, they, they externalize a child's imagination is what they do. Yes. Basically. Correct. And so they, they get, so it's very easy. And when I was younger, I was like, yeah, that's what I want. I want it to be engaging. I want it to be exciting. I'd ask kids when they, when they left our kids ministry, did you have fun? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't ask kids that anymore because yeah. the goal of our kids ministry is not fun, right? right. It, we want to have fun, right? But the question I, I ask is, is because what I'm doing is I'm catechizing them. I'm saying that fun is the most important thing. When I ask you if you had fun, mm-hmm. the question I ask now is I ask them is what did you learn about who Jesus is today? Yes. Like, I hope that, and then what we try to do is, is try to do that. How can we do that in a fun and exciting way? Like, how can we, how can we engage kids? We do it through video. We do it through, you know, puppets. We do it through, we do all those things. We use those things, but the goal is different. Like for Fred Rogers was a ordained Presbyterian minister who saw his audience as his mission field. 
Mm -hmm. And he showed the love of God in a radical way that, and he believed that, that children were not just, were not just, they, they, they did not exist for our own benefit and for our own, um, uh, you know, to get something from them in terms of like, we want to get there. We want to create a customer. He wasn't creating right. customers out of little right. kids. What he was doing is he was saying, who, what kind of a person is this little kid going to become? Yes. And I think in church, we have tried to reach the next generation by creating customers out of kids mm-hmm. rather than saying, what kind of a, what kind of a God fearing, God loving disciple of Jesus Christ is this little kid becoming? Yeah. Well, that's good. That that is so good, because I I do see your point, and it's it's totally valid. And I hope leaders are listening to this idea because I think we have we we have prioritized the wrong things, thinking that that would engage kids more, and it hasn't. And and we're seeing that because I mean, yeah, biblical literacy and and even just the the adoption of faith has has diminished. And I think a lot of that is because we have, we've created a fantasy consumer society. Well, um, and, and the scary thing is, Tom, is that we are creating, uh, we are replicating Disney and we're replicating the values of the world in such a way, like in entertaining kids, not, not in, not in taking and borrowing things from Disney. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that we have, we have created when, when the church's goal is, 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 is to create customers with a product that we have. And we think that if kids are engaged, if kids are having fun, they'll invite their friends and they'll come back and they won't leave church when they turn 17, like everyone tells us 70% of kids do. <laughs> right. Right. So what we mm-hmm. what, what we've done though is we've said to them for for 12 years, the church is exactly the same as the world. There's nothing different. You're entertained there, you're entertained here. And what we have got to do faster than like the, the most important thing we can do in kids' ministry is not entertain mm-hmm. kids. The most important thing we can do is to say, here is why loving Jesus is better. Here Mm. is why trusting Jesus is better. This is what is our only, this is why we do the catechism in our church. What is the first question that had a word catechism is what is our only comfort in life and death? What is our only comfort in life and death? Every person wants comfort. So Disney says our comfort is an escape, right? Right. What the Heidelberg, the Heidelberg, uh, catechism what it says is our only comfort is is that i am not my own but i belong body and soul to my faithful savior jesus christ who has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and takes Mm -hmm. care of me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my father knowing it in fact all things work together for my good right so this is that is different that is a different story (laughs) my comfort in life and death is not in me escaping the pain of life through entertainment right the goal of in, my comfort in life and death is I am not my own, but I belong. Like if there's a message that kids need more than ever mm. is to understand that they belong to somebody, that you're not your own, that yes. you don't get to pick your own destiny, that you don't get to decide your future. God has in his loving grace and kindness rescued you in such a way and for himself that you have a tremendous hope and a tremendous future in who God says you are and who God has procured through you at great cost to himself his son's death on the cross like we have to have a better message in the sense of like this is we're not the same as disney we're not about entertainment we're not about those things we can do we can tell the story of i am not my own in a way that engages kids but Mm -hmm. that is not a goal that is a byproduct that is secondary that is not even close to as important as what we say yeah wow that's 
That's really good. You know, both of these guys, you know, Walt and, and Fred were amazing creative geniuses when it came to drawing kids in. And obviously, yeah, you, you, you know, you walk into any place in Disney and even grownups become kids because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's this fantasy world. It's, it's not real. Unfortunately, like, yeah, what I was thinking, as you said that, yeah, you, you can, you, when you walk into Disney, you also have to walk out. And I, I always joke when I come out, when I leave Disney and I end up at the the airport um, in Orlando and I, and I say, you went from the happiest place on earth to the unhappiest place on earth because all of a sudden reality hits. We're going home. Everything is still waiting for us. And, and when you go to church, if, if church is fantasy land and they walk out of church, life hits them again. And if we're not preparing them inside our churches with the real truth of the gospel and, and what it is, well, even in your, in your blog post, you said, Walt lives in a fantasy world. Fred lives in a neighborhood. And I think we got to help our kids live in their neighborhood with the gospel and to do that. And seeing how both of these guys are creative geniuses and they draw kids attention and they hold their interest. What similarities, you know, do you see between these two men and, and how, how can we use some of that in the church? Uh, Well, I think one of the things Fred Rogers said all the time was that, um, he in in it, he wrote there's a really like there's like one of the most famous uh articles about him written was by a guy who followed him around just because he thought he was a fake um esquire magazine um he this guy wrote an esquire magazine article about him and and that's what fred rogers said to the guy he he um he said to him he said he said uh, you remember what it was like to be a child once like, and that's what he would always say to people is remember what it was like to be a child once. And I think the thing that Disney, uh, Walt and uh, Fred had in common was they understood how kids, how kids think. They understood the hopes and dreams of kids. They understood that, that kids are not just to be tolerated, but, but they, they can learn and they can grow and they can, they can, they can experience things that are important. And, um, you know, where they diverged was, what kind of experience do you want to give? But I think they both really understood kids well. And I think mm-hmm. that that's important. That's in something important we could take from both of them and uh, is, is how do kids learn, you know, and how do kids, how do kids uh, engage and how do we, how do we tap into what they're doing? Cause, cause part of the thing, like, so when you say like the Heidelberg catechism, like uh, that's difficult for kids. Like they just sit there and, you know, there is a sense of, they just need to sit and memorize things you know, we need to create categories for kids that they're going to need in the future, right? Mm-hmm. There are things that, because um, I think that's a problem in the church as well. I think the problem in the church is that we have so simplified our faith and we made uh, the faith yeah. so truncated for kids that, that we give them a tiny faith that they grow out of instead of a large Ooh. expanse of faith they grow into. That's good. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge problem. But I think, uh, I think that where Fred and Walt were the same was that they understood kids. They understood um, what it was like. And it's particularly Fred, I think even more so. Um, he had he had a sense of empathy, um, and, but I think they both really understood kids well. Um, mm-hmm. Where I would say Walt was better with a, the imagination of a child. Even Fred was great at that too. You know, he had the imaginary world, but um, 
I think, I think Fred was much better in terms of, of empathizing with kids. Yeah. He got down when, anytime you see him, you see him every time you talk to a kid, he gets on his knee and looks at him in the face. He doesn't look down on kids. He looks, he looks at kids. Eye yes. To eye. yes. So he understood, he understood kids well. They both did. Yeah. And, and I know some of the differences um, are, are, you know, you point out some stark differences in in your post, you know, one of the things, you know, like I said, is Walt was really focused on the experience. Fred was more on who you became. And even in, even in Mr. Rogers fantasy world, he dealt with real issues. I mean, he, he, and if, if our listeners haven't watched his, his um, there's a documentary about him that is, well, after I read your post, I actually went back and watched it again and was, you know, I grew up with him. Um, I watched Mr. Rogers as a kid um, and, and loved it every day. Um, But I never even realized as a kid now looking back though, going, wow, he tackled some huge issues that are even real today. (laughs) Uh, Racism and, and the war. And I mean, he, he addressed things that kids were struggling with and were real. So it wasn't just about, you know, what they're experiencing, but really what they, what they were becoming. No, totally. um, and, so and I it, think that's a big deal too, Tom, is how we approach scripture, right? Uh, see, there's a Disney way of approaching scripture, I think, in a sense, a Disney hermeneutic, and there's a Mr. Rogers hermeneutic, right? Uh, yeah. We expand on that a little bit too. That's good. Pardon? I, I, go ahead and, but I want, I want you to expand on some of that too. Oh yeah. So basically I would, what I would say is like a Disney hermeneutic is that, that all of, you know, that we avoid the hard things, right. That we tell the truth, but we avoid the hard things. Right. So that there's certain things in the Bible you just don't talk about. Like, and, and this is, this isn't, this is like rampant through, I would say through, through so much curriculum is that, uh, and, and there's great curriculums out there. There's so many of them, but what, but one of the things I think that we fail kids is that we skip over the hard stories of the Bible mm. because we don't want to, we don't want to uh, talk about things that we think kids aren't ready to hear. Right. But the question for us is not, you know, um, you know, someone, I remember someone, someone once said that all the Bible is inspired, but not all of it is applicable to kids. Right. Mm. And I just disagree. I, I disagree. I think Mr. Rogers would disagree. Yeah. It is. It's, it's not, is is all the bible applicable to the to kids it's when you look when you approach the scripture you say how am i going to apply this to kids right so right. for instance like jose and gomer like the whole the whole story of jose and gomer there there is not a more applicable story for kids today than the story of jose and gomer right so mm-hmm. what is that do we get down on the on the mat with kids and talk about the horrors of of, of prostitution no <laughs> no, what we talk about is a God who relentlessly loves us, who doesn't walk out on us. Even if, even when, if every other relationship in our life that people walk out on us, God never will. Mm-hmm. If your dad left you, he left you and your mom. God never does that. His love is relentless, never ceasing, always and forever love. His love never stops. Like if a generation yeah. needs to hear the story of Jose and Gomer, it's this one. That's true. That's true. And that's what Fred Rogers would do. Fred Rogers talked about abortion. Uh, he talked about uh, divorce. He talked about uh, race. Yeah. He talked about the hard things that we need to talk to our kids about because they need to understand because they're going to face hard things. And if we right. don't prepare them 
to have, how do I look at the idea of divorce and remarriage? And how do I look at uh, the issues of race in terms of with a biblical framework instead of a mm -hmm. cultural, instead of adopting, adopting a cultural lens? How do I look at it through the lens of what the Bible tells me is true? And how do I help our kids do that? And, and there's, um, there's actually, I have, actually have a blog post that you, you should read it. It was, it's a guest blog post on my blog and he's talking, um, um, Jack Klampenhauer, um, and just, he wrote a book, just give me Jesus. And he, um, he wrote a blog post that is so good. And I think you should read it. Tom It's so good. I didn't write it. I just hosted it on my blog. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's how do we preach the hard, the hard verses in the Bible, the hard stories in the Bible. All right, we will get okay. that. I'll I'll put that in the show notes so we can we can grab that one. Um, I I agree. I think you know, and again, that's that's definitely where you can see a diver, a difference between Disney and 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 a Mister Rogers approach is that yeah, like I said, he I, I, like I said, I didn't even remember, but watching him do it and and seeing some of the documentary of how he addressed those issues. And, and that, yeah, we as, as Christians and, and children's leaders, we don't have to be afraid of handling those because you're right. Because here, my fear is, that, and I've seen this happen because I've been in the youth world, you've been in the, you know, you've done, you do both. Um, that if we don't address these issues as children, it creates bigger doubts for them as they get older. Because as they get older and they start digging into scripture or they start getting their faith challenged, all of a sudden, they were like, hold it. Why didn't somebody tell me this before? Why, why, were, why did they avoid this? Um, and, and that's a real danger um, to a child's or a young person's faith is the fact that, hmm, somebody who said they loved me and cared about me, but they didn't want to tell me this story or that story. Yeah. <laughs> no, why not? Sure. no, that's, um, that's one, of the, one of the songs that Fred Rogers sings is, is I like to be told. So he sings this whole song and says, I like to be told when you're going to leave, when you're going to come back. I like to be told when, when, when it's going to be, when it's going to hurt and when it's going to sting, I like to be told. And so he goes through this whole thing of like, of this kid saying, and he was actually, he was singing it to an audience of kids, but he was really singing it to the parents. And what he was saying, what he was singing to the parents is he was singing parents, tell your kids the truth, you know, because what we tend to do in church as parents is we tend to hide in our right desire to protect our kids from pain, mm -hmm. we hide them from the realities of the world that they're eventually going to experience. Right. And he's saying, don't protect them, but don't hide from them the truth of the, of the reality. And so actually, that's where this article I wrote about came from. It came from an article I wrote for uh, David C. Cook on their Spark blog. It's called I Like to Be Told. And, and, and you're totally right, Tom. You're totally right. He, we have to tell our kids the truth. And when they ask us questions, like with my kids, I don't, if they ask it, I figure they're ready to hear it. And I just tell them more than they want to know because for several reasons, like we have to tell our kids the truth so that they can, because we're building a bridge in the, in, in the, pre, in the kid years, we're building a bridge to the 16 year old kid. Who's going to need our, who's going to need us, even though he doesn't realize yes. it. And every, every truth you tell is another plank in that bridge that, that, that of trust that you're creating with your kids that you can, that you're going to need to walk across when they go through really difficult things in high school and college. Right. So there's that, but there's also the reality of, of this, this idea of like, if, if we don't tell them the truth, if we hide things from them, what, what happens is that creates curiosity and they're going to go to sources that are not good. 
right? right. If you if yes. you don't solve the curiosity of your kids when it comes to issues of, of particularly issues of sex, what they're going to do is, is that's what I tell my wife. Like sometimes I'll I'll say more than more than our kids are ready to hear, and the reason why is I tell my wife I'm solving their curiosity. I said, would you rather me say a little bit too much or would you rather them Google that word? They just asked me what it was. Right. Right. Oh, you know, that is, that is really true. And I mean, even issues of identity and who God made me to be. And I think those are huge issues that are coming on our, towards our children. Um, And if parents aren't ready to handle that, and if the church isn't ready to handle that, um, we're in trouble. Our kids are in trouble. And, and there's too much at stake um, in this generation uh, that we can't afford not to get it right. I mean, it's, that's why I feel like it's, I, I don't know why, but God has really put it on my heart to just keep telling people, let's get back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it's not that, that having a great environment isn't important. We all want kids to want to be in a building. We want them to come to church and enjoy their space. And we want to communicate value to them. But if we don't get the right approach in the right order, we're, we're, we're heading down the wrong place. And if we're afraid to tell them the truth and to speak the full counsel of the word, then, then they're not going to believe it or buy it when they need it. And, and I think that's, that's really important. So let me ask you, where do, where do you think we can find balance in these approaches? Um, or do we really, really need to lean one way or the other? Um, what do you think? Uh, balance in what? What do you mean in these approaches? I mean, in terms well, of environment when you look at when you look at Disney and Fred Rogers approaches, is is there a place that you can pull some balance to, or are there balancing points, or it is it too risky? Because that this is the one area where I think sometimes, like I said, we play it safe in the church sometimes, and we think it has to be right in the middle. And I'm just curious, what's your perspective on where if we're going to get it right or wrong? Or if we're going to find a balancing point, is there a balancing point? Well, um, I, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think, I think in terms of a balance, um, I don't think there's a balance in terms of our approach to formating formation, the, the formation of kids like that is there's no balance. Like we're all in on that. Right. Yep. The question, the, where I think we can learn from Disney is how can I, how can I put to song? How can I um, create like video elements and stuff um, uh, or borrow ideas from them in terms of environment of um, creating, you know, memories, embedding memories through, like you're saying, through texture, through sounds, through smells. Um, so there is, there's, there's things we can do that. But the thing, uh, the thing that we have to ask ourselves is we have to evaluate um, our our ministry, not by, not by did kids have fun, not by how, you know, how perfect our environment is, not how all those things are. We have to say is, is, is we have to, the better question we have to ask again is, is, is did, did I paint a picture to my kids of Jesus that is so compelling that it, that his love makes every other love look less alluring to them? Yeah. And so I, I think that there, I don't know if there's a balance. I think that, that, that we have to have the heart 
the heart of Fred Rogers, right? This is what someone said in one of your comments, you know what I'm saying? But the environment of, of Disney. But the thing is, is the problem with us is the problem with that when we try to balance it in that way is what we want is we want Disney because it gets immediate results. Like you cannot see the results mm. that you don't see the, there's no immediate results in Fred Rogers life. You know, Fred Rogers wasn't a rock star. Fred Rogers wasn't whatever, but now he's now people like you and me who are in our forties realize how special of a person he was. Yeah. Right? And that is what we should be. And this is, this is the problem with us, right? Is that we all want to be famous. We all want to be big. We all want to be on a speaking tour. We all want to have a book. We all want everyone to write about our lives and tell us how much they love us, but that's not, our job as a pastor, that's not our right. job as a minister of the gospel or as a parent. Our job is to preach the gospel. Yeah, that's right. Die and be forgotten. Like, so I guess that would be the balance. If I would say anything is our job that's is to preach the gospel, to mm -hmm. die and to be forgotten. It isn't about us. It's not. Yeah. It just right. isn't. And so, and that is the way that Fred Rogers lived. He weighed 143 pounds his whole life. He yeah. swam up, he swam at the exact same time every day. He was, he wasn't exciting. He wasn't whatever, but he had his life exhibited the love of God in Christ in such a way that it impacted millions and millions of people. Yeah. And it's and a love that isn't matched by any of the love in this world. Yeah. And that's why you, when you watch Fred Rogers, uh, like when you watch like uh, doc documentaries on his life or read books about him, you start crying like yeah. I do. I cry yeah. when I watch it. And the reason why is because I realized that, that, that the love that this man had was unearthly. It was, it was an otherworldly love. Yes. And to me, I think that given our sinful natures, what we want is what's easy, what's quick, and what's simple, rather than what's difficult, what's hard, and what, and what requires sacrifice from us. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, if we give ourselves the, the out of having a balance, we'll always drift towards Disney. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. You know, who would have thought this humble little Presbyterian pastor would have impacted a generation? I mean, the mission field God gave him. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if he even realized at in his life, the, the impact and what he was, I mean, the opportunity that he had to be Jesus. I mean, I'm like I said, when I'm watching that documentary and watching how he would get down on his knees on the floor with these kids and look right into their eyes and talk to them and how he'd pull those simple little hand puppets, you know, that nowadays we'd be like, I would never be caught dead with this little sock with a head on it. Um, but yet he was just there and he was real and he was authentic and he was so relational and he was so Jesus to these children um, you know, every child he accepted, every child he listened to, every child he heard and, and made them feel, I mean, you could just see their eyes light up when he would sit down with them. And, and I just, you're right. I mean, it, it, sometimes we try to be the Disney entertainer, um, and we try to get the oohs and ahs when really that's not what Jesus did. And that's not what he was all about. Um, and, and so kind of our final question, I, I, I think this will be a good one because you've got some good experience under your belt now. And um, as you look ahead, if, if you were giving some advice to younger leaders or newer Kidmin leaders, what would be your advice about 
this whole idea of environment programming strategy. Um, what what would your your kind of top couple things be to say, hey, if you're going to focus on something, this is what you want to get right? Yeah, I guess I would um, I would definitely focus on I would tell them to focus on what you're saying more than anything else. Um, I would focus on the message that you're proclaiming that that we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in a clear and a compelling way to kids over and over again, week in, week in, week in, week out, right? The and I would the other thing I would say to them is is that the measure of your of your success in this life is not measured by how famous you become and how big of the church that you that you get asked to 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 lead. The measure of your success is how faithful am I where God has planted. Mm-hmm. Right. How faithful am I serving and loving kids that that may not even remember my name, you know, and that's OK. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. And, and they're they're going to go on and they're going to there's a good chance that they're going to remember your youth pastor, their youth pastor way more than they remember you. And that's because of the the way that we the way that they that, that things work. But the person who forms kids mm-hmm. is the kids pastor. Yeah. They form you form you put in them a an imagination and an ability to see the beauty of Christ more than any other person on on the church staff, and that is your job. Your job is to show them the radical love of Jesus in uh, through His life, death, resurrection, and ascension. That He's at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding for you and loves you. And we are to point them. We are to and take this time to realize that this the world that we're in now, even the best parts of this world, the best things like you could have the best. Uh, Disney wing that you could possibly have. You could have the best, the most expensive curriculum money could buy. You could have the best check-in system that is out there. And really what that is, is that is a shadow. All that is is shadows. Mm-hmm. That's all shadow that is pointing to the better and the, to the, what's real, what is true and what is beautiful, which is, which is, which is what heaven, which is the eternity, you know, what, what's coming for us, right? What, what God is preparing yeah. for us. And, and what we have to do is we have to teach our kids that, that everything around us is a good gift to enjoy, but, and, and like Disney, Disney is a good gift to enjoy, but, but that's all it is, is it, it's a gift. It isn't, it isn't, it isn't the most important thing. And the thing for young leaders, right, is that you're so full of energy, you're so full of excitement, which is great. And you want to, I remember one time in my life, I wanted people to know who I was. And I've come to the realization that that is not the most important thing to me. Not how many conferences I speak at isn't important. How many books I write isn't important. What's important is this, is that I preach the gospel where God has planted me, that I die and that I'm forgotten Mm. because that will remind me that it's not about me. It's not about me making a name for myself. It's not, I, I won't get, I won't get trapped into trying the stupidity that that happens when we think fame is what is what matters most that yeah. making Jesus famous, right? Jesus, yes. Jesus doesn't need to be famous. Jesus needs to be magnified. Jesus needs to be glorified. Jesus needs to be exalted. And when we do that faithfully, what happens is that kids lives will be transformed because they're going to see in you something different. They're going to hear from you something different. Yeah. And that's what I would say is focus on those things and do it in a, in the most creative way that your resources of your church allow trusting that God put those kids in that building with you at this particular moment, because he knows that you're the person that he has to preach and proclaim to them. It's not an accident. It's not, it's not, Mm. 
you don't need the biggest budget. You, you know what I mean? You don't need all those things. What you need is a vision of Christ that compels you to love people in a way that is otherworldly. Wow. That is so, so good. And so, so true. Cause I think, you know, I've been in churches where I had everything I could possibly imagine to do children's ministry. And I've been in churches where I had next to nothing. And if my focus was wrong in either one of those things, I, I could fail just as bad. I mean, you know what I mean? It's you can have everything in the world and, and still fail. You can have nothing and still fail if we don't have the main thing, right. And, and uh, I heard somebody talk about it recently of just saying it's, it's significance over success. I want to have a significant legacy of, I led people, I pointed people. I was that reflection, that mirror um, of, of who Jesus is and what he means um, to me and, and to, to them rather than uh, this light bulb that, Hey, look at my light. It's not my light. It's his. Um, and I just want to reflect it and, and reflect it well. And, and so to me, it's, yeah. And I, I did, I mean, I, I, I've written about this a little bit. Um, I, I'm working on my book and I was right working on the editing the other day and I hit the part. just, that's funny that you said that because it reminded me of how, when I first started out in children's ministry, how I was like, man, I want to be on a conference stage. I want to speak, you know, I want to, I want to do that. And now I'm like, nah, that's okay. I just want to help other people. I just want to help other leaders reach more, lead more and reach more because that's all that matters is for me is, is to have that significant impact on the world and uh, not to, not to have sick, the world's definition of success. Um, that's not God's definition in the long shot. So that's some, that's some great advice. I hope people will take that to heart and, and I hope that we'll see more Fred Rogers around. Um, Waltz aren't bad, but we need we need some Freds. We need that awe and wonder and creativity and and uh, man, I kind of wonder who you know where will the next Fred Rogers pop up? You know that gets that that opportunity to 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 share the gospel with so many people in that medium. But I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But at least we can do it every weekend, right? Um, so. Good stuff, Sam. Hey, thanks, man, for for taking time out of your your week and and uh, you know coming out of the snow <laughs> um, and and sharing with us. And thanks for sharing that. We'll put these links in the you know for your your blog and and uh, yeah, if you haven't subscribed to Sam's blog, go go get on his subscription so you can follow up with his writings and readings and and he's got a lot of great resources and and uh, some things to share with you. So go go check it out. Um, I highly recommend it. So again, th Sam, thanks for, for uh, joining me on the, on the podcast today. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective podcast. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Hope that you'll get out and share it with others so that more can connect, connect with us. And if you're not part of the Facebook group, come and join the Kid Ministry Collective where you can interact on topics like this. And uh, we would love to connect with you in the coming days. So again, thank you for listening. Thanks to the Sunday School st Store for your support. And God bless y'all. And uh, we hope that you'll join us again for the next episode. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. 
If you would support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.